Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I'm here with Mr. Matt Stewart. Hi, Dave. How are you going? I am going well, thank you, Matt. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Hey, I'd really like to welcome to the program... <laughs> oh, someone else. Someone else, yeah. Oh, we've got a third person. It's the yeah. table's so long, I can't see her down the other end. Who was it, Matt? Well, you knew it was a her, which is... Some, what? And... Okay, look. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Uh, hey, Jess. How's it going? Hi. Jess Perkins. It's Jess Perkins, everyone. <laughs> Hi, Matt and what Dave. A, what a surprise, considering that uh, we do this every week with the same exact three people. I was going to say, we're like, I'm that here is. every week. But, and, oh, look at, look at here. Look and at, and how, here? how are you feeling this week? It's fine. A-OK. That is not true. You are very hungover for the <sighs> second day. Yes. It's a day two hangover, which is... It's not good. I'm, I feel okay now. It's just my stomach's a little bit like, ugh. <laughs> is it... Would you say it's the worst hangover you've ever had? I think so. Wow, really? Yeah. Like, I couldn't get out of bed yesterday. I didn't get out of bed. Wow, that's great. I was throwing up every half hour. No, that's not great. That that's the, it's, it's great that you've only had hangovers this bad that like second day you can get out of bed that's pretty good how bad have you had it matt oh i've had i've had a multi-week 
hangovers. Ooh. Multi-week? Yeah, yeah. Like three weeks of no, hangovers. No, no, hang on. No, Dave, <laughs> let's not get crazy. Well, the, the, two weeks. Surprised. Two weeks. That's a very long time. Two yeah. weeks is crazy. I think that's more like alcohol poisoning rather than just a yeah, hangover. Well, Oh, okay. Sorry. Wrong competition. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, it shouldn't stick around that long. No, yeah. I definitely uh, did something bad to myself. Oh, boy. But it was also, I think the problem was uh, that I wasn't, it was a, f- a night of drinking. So I went, I was in England and I went to this bar and I said, bit uh, jet lag, need a bit of energy. Um, and I was there with a mate. I said, uh, can I get two vodka Red Bulls, please? Oh. And they said, uh, double vodka Red Bulls are cheaper. I said, <laughs> okay, make it four double vodka oh. Red Bulls. So they've doubled it and then you've doubled again. Yeah, I don't know what the logic was. I'm like, that. this makes sense because it's cheaper. It'll be silly not to. So suddenly it's eight for the price of two. And then, be- yeah, and, and that sort of <laughs> oh, no. started a, a bad thing where like every shout we did that. Four double vodka Red Bulls. Every we, shout it yeah, doubled. Yeah, we just drank it all night. So I think it was probably part alcohol poisoning in part caffeine Absolutely. and sugar oh. poisoning. It was the, I, have, I don't think I've had a Red Bull since it's energy drinks. Are oh, they're the devil. Great. They are the devil. Yeah, unless they come on as a sponsor. Um, <laughs> then, please, uh, brought to you by Monster. <laughs> yeah. what, a, what a delicious I'm drop. I'm willing to sell everything <laughs> for money. <laughs> Exchange goods and services for cash. Yeah. <laughs> a little unorthodox, I know, yeah. but that's how I roll. I'm doing it, starting a new economy. <laughs> well, uh, uh, on the show, we'd like to uh, talk about something, or one of us prepares a report to sort of engage the others in a bit of a lesson on something. And Matt, it is your turn. I'm glad you're not hungover because you're the one who's researched I'm, something. I'm tip top. Tip top, fighting fit. So Although I'm a little bit tired from cramming some research last night. Anyway, um, most of it's already in my head because I'm a big fan of this thing. We normally start with a question, right? Mm-hmm. So my question to you, I haven't thought of it yet. I'm just, I'm just On the fly. padding here a little bit as I think. Okay, so what would you guys say? I know we're big fans of trip ditches here. Oh, yeah. So trip ditch, if you haven't heard the first episode, is where there's a piece of artwork over three panels that go yeah. together. And I, I see this as a piece of artwork that goes over th- over three panels. Okay. Um, oh, what is, is your... What you mean you, uh, cryptic with your triptych? What a key. What a key. Thank you. What would you guys say is the best movie trilogy of all time? Ooh, oh, best movie trilogy. trilogy. Okay, well, my favorite, one of my favorite movies ever is Terminator 2. Terminator 1 is also very good, but Terminator 3 sucks. But and they've pushed through to like four and five now, haven't they? No, but if we're looking at three, maybe Terminator Two is good enough to make the other two. What about Lord of the Rings? Uh, yeah, it's quite. I mean, if you like that sort of. Okay. Shit. I'm just thinking it's quite. Like, it's very popular. It How is about popular. the Godfather? Oh, Godfather. Godfather's pretty. That's a yeah, good one. I that's like a good that. One. No, people always talk about number three being. Yeah. Which I haven't seen the third one. There trilogy. was a bit of incest in that, which is also a theme in this trilogy. What? <laughs> oh, in the trilogy that you're thinking yeah. of? Okay, incest trilogy. Oh, is oh. it like some sort of weird pornographic <laughs> trilogy? No, no, no. What other? Uh, Star Wars? <laughs> Silence is Star Wars it does have some incest in it. Yeah, and it's a like double, uh, t- double trilogy. But that's not it. Man, there's a lot of incest around that I hadn't... Oh. Um, Rocky? Lo- I mean, it's light incest. 
bit of light incest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's a bit of light incest amongst siblings? I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> listeners would have already got it because it'll be in the the title. Ah, but, yes. Oh right, I thought you were just going to say. But that. But also, they, I reckon they would have got. It. This is a famous trilogy. Jurassic Park. Very, very big time this year in 2015 as well. Very relevant. What. The incest part or the film no, part? No, the film part. Oh, this, I feel like... This is hard. Okay, just tell us. Back to the Future. Oh, oh back to the future. future. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a trilogy. You know, in the in the first yep. movie, yep. Marty goes back and, he, and his mum falls in love with him. Yep. I, I don't think I've ever seen Back to the Future. Oh, fuck off. What? Fuck off and die. Fuck off and die. I feel like I've right, seen Matt, it, too but far. I can't remember any sort of details of of the movies. Do you know when you see a movie when you're a kid and then you're yeah. like, yeah, mm-hmm. I have seen that, but I can't really remember. Like, um, a lot of Disney films, I'm like that. I'm like, yeah, I've definitely seen Pocahontas, but I haven't seen it in the last 20 years. So yeah, I can't yeah. really tell you much other than the main character's names. I have seen Back to the Future, but not for a long time. So I'm going to remember bits. That's great. Well, I've seen all three this week, so... Um I have been working hard. Please tell me that this podcast is just you recapping and reenacting the whole trilogy. Well, I was I I wasn't going to go through the story much at all. I was I was thinking you guys would all be familiar with it, but um, do you need any sort of recap on the story? Can we have a quick recap, just in case there are other listeners out there that have not seen it for twenty years as well? Twenty years. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um. So Marty McFly. Great name, isn't it? By um. uh, Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. He. He sort of befriends this uh, scientist guy. That happens before the movie. So they're, they're kind of mates, this older mad scientist kind of character called Doc Brown. And he um, he's invented a time machine, right? I had a lecturer that looked exactly like him and it was hard not to think about his crazy hair. But continue. <laughs> Played by uh, Christopher Lloyd. Oh, um, my uh, professor. Yeah, great. Oh, well, that makes <laughs> sense. Professor Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> And they, somehow he reminded you of uh, Christopher Lloyd. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it definitely checks out. It checks out. Uh, so they, um, they're they testing out this time machine. They uh, Doc Brown gets his dog Einstein to test it out, sends him a minute in the future, which and that works. And then... Uh, a bit of animal cruelty there, though. Yeah. He's... Well, no, the dog's all good. Apparently, the first time they screened it, the preview things, the audience like audibly gasped when they sent the dog, and they thought the dog was going to die. But um, yeah, so that's interesting. <laughs> that was your instinct as well. Yeah. Um, and then, well, it's it's kind of like what we were talking about in a recent week about uh, sending a man into space. Yeah. They sent dogs out first. I think. Yeah, but uh, the difference here is that uh, that was real life and Back to the Future is clearly a movie. So even if the dog yeah. died, you're like, well, he's probably fine. Yeah. The but character in, in real life, died. Russia sent a, a dog into space and it died. So. Oh. Yeah, America sent humans into space and they died. So, you know. <laughs> I don't know what... I'm t- what is Eventually we the all die. <laughs> well, the, I mean, the, the humans made the choice. I think that's the difference. Anyway, like, we're not here... Are we here to talk about animal no, rights? No, 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 no. I'm sorry that I brought I think, it up. No, I think <laughs> It's they... just always on the forefront of my mind. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, be good Be good to the animals. Be good to everyone. Just everyone be good to each well, other. The animals. The animals, yeah. <laughs> be good to animals. So he, te- he tested out the, uh, the dog makes it through successfully. Um, and then... So to power it, he's had to. Uh, Doc Brown's had to source um, some uranium, and he's done so by from Uranus. No, uh, he's done so by getting um, <laughs> getting in contact with some Libyan terrorists, 
who um, think that he's going to make a bomb for them. Okay, right. So let's let's talk about the ethics of that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty. Po- <laughs> I don't remember that bit. And then, um, so the, so he's like, yeah, they're cool. They think I'm making a bomb, but I, you know, by the time they figure it out, I'm going to be in a different time or whatever. But he a lot um, of confidence. Yeah, I'm going to be one minute in the future, baby. So there, I'll always be <laughs> one minute ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Libyans don't exist in a minute's time. <laughs> Good luck catching me now, bad guys. Yeah, I'll see you in 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it just, that just means I die quicker. Like, for him, it's instantaneous anyway. That's... <laughs> so, anyway, so he's got the uranium he's got the from uranium, the Libyans. And they, the so they, they've tested it and it's worked. And then, um, so he's like, cool, I'm going to do it. Uh, he's got Marty there to document it. He's filming it on the camcorder. Um, but then a combi van full of Libyan terrorists bursts into the car park. <laughs> combi starts... van, the uh, vehicle to the Libyan stars. <laughs> and they, it's, uh, guys out the sunroof just starts shooting at them. Sure. Um, is this still in America, though? Not in Libya. It's in America. It's in California. It's all set. Um, uh, so the... Um, the time machine is a DeLorean. You, you'd be oh, familiar yes, with that. Oh, yes, absolutely. know that. The, the car. The car, because it's got the, the gull-winged doors. Yep. That's why they chose it, because it, um, when he travels back, um, it, it was more believable that the farmers would think it was a spaceship if it was just a normal car, I guess. I mean, even a modern car would still look pretty... Not my car. Not my... To, you take no? my... To a farmer? To a 1955 farmer? 2006 Holden Viva. Yeah, no, you're Still right. Still probably only get 500 bucks for it in the 90s. That's probably quite good in the 1950s. <laughs> yeah, <not> <laughs> yeah, actually, let's yeah, maybe we'll figure that out. Um, so he, the car has to get up to 88 miles per hour for it to work as well for some reason. That, uh, that's the, the speed, oh, that's it the has speed to get of, to. of light. That's that... the speed of time travel. <laughs> 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 so when those guys went into space on, uh, on our last episode, they've... They've really broken that barrier yeah, when they were going 10,000 miles per hour. But there was other things at play. They also needed the, uh, you know, that that technology that he'd created and the nuclear power. So They take off? So, so the Libyans have come in. They open up fire on um, on Doc and Marty. Um, Doc is killed. And there's a lot of spoiler alerts here, obviously, if you're going to watch a 1985 movie. I think it's much more entertaining to hear you tell us. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I can bring the drama and the comedy. <laughs> oh, it's it's amazing. And uh so so Marty sees Doc die, um and they come for him. They they uh, take a shot at Marty but the gun um jams. <laughs> Classic which is really lucky. Classic really, Libyans. Really lucky. A bit racist. And then <laughs> Well do you know a lot of their planes in Libyan airline are banned at most airports around the world because a lot of them don't have lights. Oh, the planes. You classic go. Libyans. But what do you need them for? Just yeah. fly during the Just day. Fly during the day, guys. It's fine. Like if you're in the the <sighs> desert uh, where most of Libya is, it's like there's a lot of sunshine yeah. most of the time. It's fine. Fine. Don't God, bloody bloody rules at airports. I hate these rules around the airplanes. Killjoys. Was it Libya where Bart Simpson? You know when the the school um, UN roundtable that they did a little reenactment of in an early Simpsons episode. Yeah. I think Bart was representing Libya. Libya. And, oh, he had, and he was like, like a... shuffling his blank sheets of paper saying, uh, the key export from Libya is maize. <laughs> is that a real memory? I might have made that up. Totally think, yeah. And it's at the Lord of the Flies episode. Uh, yeah, it could yeah. have been. And, they're all, yeah. and then the model UN and uh, 
Martin Prince is doing the do 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 like that's the song of the UN and they're like Martin it's not the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is all the same, isn't it? That's that episode. I'm we should sure try and reference the Simpsons every episode. I'm sure we do anyway. Um, Nazis and the Simpsons. And the Simpsons. Well, okay, well, back to so, the future. <laughs> so Marty um, escapes, luckily, from that um, Libyan gunshot because it jams. He jumps into the DeLorean to try and get away. The, ta- the date that Doc had put in as an example was uh, October 1955. So that's on the dash there. Um, Marty gets in trying to drive away. The the combi vans follow him around the car park. He gets up a bit of speed, hits 88 miles an hour. In a car park. In the car park. And, uh, yeah, go, lands in a farm in 1955. And Doc's fine. And Doc's dead. Doc's still dead. But in 1955, Doc is alive. So, my, look, am I going to go through the whole storyline? That feels, so that's the setup. That's how they get yeah, back yeah. into the past. Um, that goes along. Marty finds Doc. They're trying to figure out a way to because there's they can't access the nuclear power back then. They need to figure out another way of doing it. They figure out that the clock tower is going to be struck by lightning and that's going to give them the power. So they they know that's happening later in the week. A lot of uh, scientists were consulted for this movie. I, I imagine. Mar- Marty, yeah, totally. <laughs> Apparently, some um, I read one science guy said it. It stacks up pretty well. A lot of it. Really? Yeah, which is surprising to me as well. Because um, something they don't um, worry about much is that everything Marty does would change things in the future, yeah. and only a, like a, I. So one of the the main plot point of the first movie is that Marty um, saves his dad from being hit by a car and gets hit by the car himself, um, and that is what led to Marty's parents meeting and falling in love. When his dad got hit by the car, he was that was. Oh, his mum's dad, and he brought George McFly, Marty's dad, into his house where he met Lorraine, his mum, and then he was, and they fell in love there. And he was born from. But that. instead, Marty was taken in, and his mum fell in love with Marty. Oh, oh dear, that's yeah. the incest we were talking Gross. about. So, that, so a lot of the first film is spent with Marty trying to get Lorraine, his mum, to fall in love with his dad rather than with him. Oh, very good. And she knows him as a Calvin Klein because they're the that's the underwear he's wearing. There's heaps of product placement, so much product placement. Wow. Pepsi's throughout the movie. Um, Toyota, a Toyota ad is the first thing you hear at the start of the movie. There's an over ad. The radio. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, his alarm clock goes off. And um, good morning, Toyota. What a great car! <laughs> but there's kind of fun things like so. There was an ad for I think it was Statler or something like that. And then in the third film in the Wild West, there's a billboard for a Statler horses. Like so it's, it's a reference. Just a reference saying that that family business went on from horse and cars to Toyotas in in the future or whatever. Oh. Little fun things like that, like uh, everywhere as well. I found, but so I, I don't know. This is fucking tedious so far. <laughs> That was fun. I'm enjoying the yeah. uh, enjoying the the recap. Um. So yeah, that I mean, that's kind of that's I guess that's the the basis for the movie. The other big part of it, I guess, is the 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 bad guy through the whole series is a guy called uh, Biff, or his in the second movie, his um, it's Biff and his grandson Griff, <laughs> Griff Tanner, and in the third one, it's his I think it's his great maybe his great great grandfather or his no sorry it'll be Biff's 
Well, one of Biff's ancestors was. So Biff doesn't sound Mad like a very uh, Libyan name to me. So he's not one of the Libyans. He's not one of the Libyans. So the Libyans only play that very small part. So what's what's Biff's beef? Biff beef. Biff's just Biff. a bully. He's been a bully. He was a bully Biff to Biff bully. Uh, Marty's dad in high school in 1955. Um, Griff in the second one was a bully to Marty's son Marty Jr. Oh my goodness. And in the third one, uh, Mad Dog Tanner, who was Griff's great great whatever, he was a bully to Marty's great great grandfather Seamus McFly, an Irish uh, Irish immigrant, who was the first McFly to um, land in in America, played by Michael J. Fox with a fairly convincing <laughs> Irish accent. Oh, I've got like four days left of unemployment and I've already committed to watching the Rocky movies because I haven't seen Rocky. There's like six of them. I know. I'm going to watch like one. Yeah. The first one's meant to be the best one. Yeah. That's what I've been told. And now I'm going to watch Back to the Future. Yeah. It's it's so much fun. It's a really fun trilogy, I reckon. Um, Well, enough about the plot. I I think majority of people... Yeah, that's what I think. Jess and I are the odd ones out and not knowing. I was really expecting you guys to um, to be all over it, but sorry, mate. That's all right. You weren't born when it came out, so fair enough. No, we weren't. Well, I I hardly was either. The the no, you were though. What was the first one? (laughs) You were very much. You definitely were. Is it 1985? You already had a beard. 1985, and the second one was released in 89, and the third one in 1990. The sequel. So there was never intended to be a sequel. They, the end of the first movie, um, Doc comes back from the future and the DeLorean's now a flying car, which obviously wasn't through the rest of the movie. And that was just meant to be a little joke at the end of the movie. Like, eh, look at the crazy anyway. future flying car. But that ended up, it became a huge success, the first movie. So they, there was pressure, to, there was going to be a sequel. The studio were going to make a sequel and they're like, to the creators, they're like, with or without you, we're doing it. So they're like, well, we're going to, we're getting on board. We're not going to um, let someone else yeah, fuck yeah, with that. our legacy. So yeah. they're like, let's write it. So, so who are like, the, the creators or the writers? Uh, based Robert on Zemeckis and Bob Gale. They're the, the creators. And it was the, the whole idea came about when um, Bob Gale saw his father's high school yearbook uh, when he was visiting his parents. And he, and he wondered to himself whether or not he would have been friends with his dad if they were at high school at the same time. Because his dad was like, I think he was like president of the student body right, or something. Yeah. And he's like, I, in my year, I'd have no idea. I had nothing to do with the president of the student body. I would, I wonder if I even would have known him, you know? So he found that idea really interesting and he, he took it to Zemeckis and then they started developing it. Um, and yeah, or well, maybe we'll, we'll talk a bit about um, that, how, how the movie came about. Um, so yeah, it did just start as a film. They're screenwriters, are they? Yeah, they're screenwriters. They'd written a few movies together, um, and they had a bit of a relationship with Steven Spielberg as well. They'd done two movies with Spielberg, but both of them had flopped. So they were a bit wary. Oh, Supposedly, they were a bit wary about um, doing another one with him. And they, they were starting to think that it was looking like That's they're Spielberg. only they're only getting gigs because of their relationship with Spielberg. Yeah, right. And what they're thinking at that stage, well, I don't think Spielberg's going to come back from this. Yeah, yeah. 
No, I think they, they knew he was okay. But That's the were... last you'll hear of that Spielberg <laughs> yeah. character. I'd love it if they thought he was the problem. We've <laughs> yeah. got to stop working with Spielberg. Yeah. Wow. He's, he's really... I cool. think he, he was already... He already had a pretty strong um, uh, career yeah. going, but they hadn't. Um, so, yeah, they were, they were just worried that they were seen as being like... The bad luck guys? Not bad luck necessarily, just like... Oh, if it wasn't for their mate Spielberg, they would never have any movies made, you know? Yeah. Riding so his coattails. That's what they felt like. That's what it would look like. And so they went without Spielberg and pitched it to um, a few studios. Columbia picked up uh, picked it up in a development deal, so they paid them to, to write a script. Um, and then the next year in 81, they brought the script to them and Columbia weren't particularly in, interested in it so they Ooh. shelved it which is, means something yeah. else in <laughs> other worlds but anyway <laughs> just amusing myself and um, uh, they actually said it's it's a very it's a very nice film but it's not at that stage teen movies were pretty like sexual and crazy as so opposed to uh, they're like maybe sh- shelving it yeah <laughs> so maybe it's a nice maybe it's a nice Disney movie maybe take it to Disney they said so they took it to Disney, um, and Disney said that the whole mother falling in love with her son thing was not really appropriate mm. for the Disney family market, they thought. You sort of need something in between Columbia and Disney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah You're not Disney enough for I us. I think Columbia at the time at was just making hardcore porn or something. <laughs> Unless uh, he fucks his mum, we're not interested. Yeah. We really enjoyed this interaction between the mother and her son. <laughs> we feel like that should be the movie. If yeah. we could explore that more. Um, I just don't understand all this stuff with the Libyans at the start. <laughs> yeah, there's terrorism. There's oh, like it's a pretty, it's a pretty crazy movie, but it is still like super family friendly. Yeah. I watched it as a kid, and I would, I didn't pick up any of that stuff. No. So it starts with terrorists. Executing an old man. Yeah. And then it's like... <laughs> executing yeah, is a great and the, word. And the problem it's that a Dis- little too Disney for me. <laughs> no, the problem Disney had was... Yeah, the the one where he falls in love with his mother, that's the problem that I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not yeah. the bit where the old man gets shot by some <laughs> Libyan terrorists. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> that's, well, that, that's definitely part of the Disney values. <laughs> in, the, in the meantime, Zemeckis directed a film called Romancing the Stone, which was a bit oh, of a yes. hit. Uh, which gave him a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, currency. Sweet coin. Yeah, a bit of coin, a bit also just a bit helped his reputation a bit outside of his relationship with Spielberg. He showed that he could do it without him, sort of thing. So at that stage, they they approached Spielberg and said, "You want to get on board?" And with Spielberg, they found some interest interest from Universal. Ah. Studios, yeah, straight Spielberg coattails here they go again. <laughs> but and but also the Zemeckis romancing the stone. Yes, but yeah, um, success, success. Yeah. So, um, but the thing is, it was someone from Columbia who would moved over and was now running Universal. So they were they already liked the script when they were over at Columbia, but they didn't have the the final say. So when they were over at Universal, they're like, "Hey, I can't believe I'm going to get a crack at this." But Columbia still owned the script. Ooh. Oh, because they paid for it to be developed. Yeah, yeah so they owned it. They and it's the must be so frustrating when someone's like, "Oh no, I've got these guys who want to make it, but these guys own it and they don't want anyone else yeah. to have it, yeah, but they don't like, want to well, make it." We don't want to make it, but we don't want them to make yeah. it. Yeah. What if it's a hit? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's like um, if I oh. can't have it, no one can, or whatever. Um, 
That's exactly what it is, yeah. It is kind of like that, yeah. So how, Even this, though they can have it, they do have it. So it falls down a little bit, but anyway. <laughs> so in these kind of situations, do they just have to start offering lots and lots of money to buy uh, it? Yeah, that, that would be one way of doing it. In this case... They, they went they back had... to the future <laughs> before Columbia. Yeah. Back to the past, but yeah. Back to the past, where they hired some Libyan terrorists to blow up the Colombian headquarters. Oh, it all makes sense yeah. now. Before they were even born. And they all fell in love with their mums. <laughs> which is just how we ended up in this bizarro future that we're in now. <laughs> well, you're listening to this program. So at the same, at the same time um, that Universal was showing some interest, Columbia were trying to make a film called Big Trouble. But the but Columbia's lawyers said that uh, is it a life and life they, size adaptation of the the board game Trouble, it's like Big Trouble, <laughs> pretty good. Worth interrupting you. Continue, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so no, yes, it was. In, um, no, Columbia's making no, so, Big Trouble. So they were making this film called Big Trouble, and they'd greenlit it. Um, it was good to go. They were ready to film, but their lawyers like. Only problem is, it is the script is so similar to another movie called Double Indemnity, um, which they didn't have the rights to, an an older movie. Um, so, Columbia Pictures traded the ownership of Back to the Future, and Universal gave um, Columbia the rights to like a like a, a tra- like an actual like, swap, like, like yeah. they're doing like um, playing like Pokemon cards, Pokemon or, yeah, totally. or Monopoly. Like you give me Park Lane, For... I'll give you all three of these green ones, yeah. and we'll both have a set each. Or a bit like uh, Trouble, if that, you will. That's totally how it was. But it was at that stage, both <laughs> were like, "We want this thing you've got. Let's just swap." And it was like a perfect. That's amazing. With hindsight, it's a horrible trade from Columbia because so you, I, you don't I even know what Big, Big trouble? trouble is. Um, and th- but this is the thing I found really fascinating was Universal only had the rights um, to double indemnity because they just bought a big chunk of movies from Paramount from the pre nineteen forty eight. It was a nineteen forty four film. They just bought this huge heap of films mainly to use for to sell to TV channels, just oh, like what? midday movies and stuff. So it was just one little, like it wasn't this prized possession they had. It was so just they like, just had like two hundred scripts. Oh well, yeah, well they went to a garage sale for movies and said, "We'll we'll take whatever you got." And one of them was this thing that ended up landing them Back to the Future. Oh my god, that's fascinating! Yeah. You'd never get that these days, would you? Just like a just swap ya. It feels like that. Yeah, that would be unlikely. Probably because of things like this. Yeah, probably. Like, yeah, we're not making the. Uh, not the bloody, the, the big trouble. Maybe big trouble is, is right. Yeah. Surely there's some sort of alternative reality where no one's heard of Back to the Future, but Big Everyone. Trouble 4 is coming out <laughs> at cinemas this summer. And we're summer. so excited. Everyone's like, yes, big trouble, big trouble. <gasps> Even bigger trouble. It, would, like, it, looked, it had a, trouble a great cast and it was... Um, <laughs> I, I think it got released in the end, but yeah, there's no... The Wikipedia page... Talk is for, very no, small for it, but it's got the cast is pretty pretty great. Who's in Big it was Trouble? John Cassavetti's last film that he directed. Peter Falk's in it. Alan Arkin. So it's like it's Peter a, Falk from uh, Columbo. Columbo, yeah. I like Alan Arkin. Yeah, so it was like, uh, and it was, um, yeah. They obviously Columbia thought it was going to be big, but yeah, it just didn't quite happen for them. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, moving along, uh, there was a an executive at Universal who started making suggestions to this script that they they just bought. Um, he saw ways of improving it. So, and some of these things came off. His name was Cindy, a uh, Sydney Scheinberg. That uh, is such a sweet producer name. Yeah, yeah. Great. Sydney Scheinberg. <laughs> um, he he. Um, You're gonna be a star, kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's me, Sydney. Sydney. <laughs> Or to you, Mr. Chamberg. <laughs> I'll make you a star, see? <laughs> Come on, Matt, have a go. It's fun. Uh, hey, hey, good on you. I'm Sydney. Nah. Nah, no. it's pretty good. Yeah, pretty no, good. Sorry, that's probably, probably more accurate, to be honest. Yeah. Hey, hi, um, hey, I'm Sydney Scheinberg. Nice to meet you. That's probably more accurate what he sounded like. It, it was not the 40s. but um. Yeah, this is what, the 80s. <laughs> this guy might have been. You're going right to the top, kid. <laughs> So it's me, Sydney. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, know, I know Sydney. Why do you keep saying your name? Stop saying your name. What Sydney, about, I've known you for 20 years. You brought us into this office with some gest- suggestions to the script. What do you want to say? Oh, get there, kid. I'm Shaneberg. I'm Sydney Shaneberg. Yeah, your name's right there on the desk. Yeah, I, I know, mate. You were the best man at my wedding, Sydney. I know. So, okay. These are, <laughs> so did he make these are his suggestions. Oh, and these ones, these ones um, a bunch of them were used. So he uh, he suggested they change Marty's mother's name from Meg to Lorraine, which happened. Oh. And I think... Lorraine I love quiche. You see, kid, I'm eating quiche every day. <laughs> Lorraine. It's big. It's big in the 80s. So that, <laughs> <laughs> he, he was... It sounds Find like, me one person called Meg. <laughs> hey? Come on. What, what the hell's a Meg? <laughs> I've never eaten a Meg. <laughs> you ever eaten a Meg? Keith, everyone's everyone talking about Keith Lorraine. Lorraine, my God, I've done it again. I'm Sydney, Sydney Scheinberg. Scheinberg, you've done it again. <laughs> I think you're pretty close. Himself. All right, what else does he say? What? I think you're pretty close to the kind of guy he was because they are the kind of, I don't know about the voice and stuff, but they're the kind of, the reason he had, was Lorraine was because it was his wife's name or something like that. So that was just a totally vain reason. That's he also suggested changing... Um, uh, Professor Brown to Doc Brown, which they did. Nobody trusted Professor. <laughs> it's all about the ducks. <laughs> you know who you trust? Your doctor. <laughs> you should be a doc. I've never let. I've never had a glove professional put his finger in my ass. But a doc. I've had many a doc. See what I'm talking about, kid? I'm Sydney, Doctor Sydney Scheinberg. <laughs> okay. Your new character, Sydney Scheinberg, Sydney is Scheinberg. just about the funniest thing I've uh, ever heard in my life. Do you reckon Scheinberg's still alive? <laughs> I think he might be. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, I reckon we should get him on. Let Kish me, Lorraine. Let me click on his. <laughs> we offer him a Kish Lorraine. <laughs> get him on. We have been tweeting to Buzz. Uh, Buzz like Buzz like Buzz, <laughs> Buzz, Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin since the last episode. He is still kicking. He's 80 years old. Sydney. Sydney Scheinberg. Sydney. <laughs> Sydney Scheinberg. See? <laughs> He, uh, so, other suggestions he made? Oh, yes. Sorry. Oh, my God, there's more, yes. Initially, Doc Brown's pet was a chimpanzee. And he said, he said I've done the research. <laughs> of course he had. There has never been a hit movie with a chimpanzee in it. Name me one. Name me one <laughs> famous chimp. One famous chimp. Uh, you can. You can. I've tried. I've and tried. A, and a, but I, I bet you could name five famous dogs. <laughs> and then he... I've got one right here. Look, at my dog. My little dog, Einstein. Why don't you just call him Dog Einstein, huh? <laughs> Shaiburg, you've done it again. 
Listening back to this is just going to be a lot of me going, but then... Hey, <laughs> trying but, to interrupt with actual hey, facts. <laughs> Matt, we're not interested in actual facts on this show. No, I'm, just all, I'm just like... I'm so sorry. I, I did just like, oh, but I've got a thing to say. It's like <laughs> the, the dullest way to do a podcast. Listen to me for a second. <laughs> I want something boring. But yeah, so here's something boring. Someone replied to him, I said, when he said... I've ne- there's ne- I've done my research. There's never been a hit movie with a chimpanzee in it. And someone said, "What about what Planet a- of the Apes?" <laughs> well, someone said, "What about any which way but loose or something like that?" And he's like, "Orangutan." Oh, what about a technicality? Nice. I said chimp. <laughs> chimp. There's no movie with a chimp. chimp. You want to make it a gorilla, then we'll talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> King Kong, big fan, big fan. <laughs> <laughs> he just so buzzes it, to his secretary. Uh, uh, Jessica is uh, King Kong still coming in a lo- uh, for lunch because I could really go Keith the Rain right now. <laughs> it's it's me, Sydney Scheiberg, by the way. Sydney Scheiberg, your boss, Sydney. <laughs> oh fuck me, that's so great. So uh, that's not all. I'm not quite done with Scheinberg. He his, oh, his final, probably his most famous suggestion was one that didn't come off. <laughs> He'd also <laughs> done some research and found that no hit film had, had ever had future in the title. So he said, we can't, we got to change the name. And he suggested they change it to Spaceman from Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the future. I don't like it. I don't like it. You know, one of the kids are talking about Pluto, that new planet Pluto. It's the most recently discovered planet. Everyone loves Pluto, right? Am I right? You know what else right? they love? You know what else they love? Spaceman. Spaceman. Here's what I'm thinking. We put them together. <laughs> Spaceman from Pluto. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Scheinberg, you've done it again. Scheinberg's my new hero. Is it Zemeckis was like, I but, don't like that name very much. That's and and he so he got he, he contacted Spielberg. He's like, <laughs> Spielberg, can he's you like, call it? you're the Shine- only one that Scheinberg respects. Yeah, pretty much. He's like, yeah, the Bergs. He's like, geez, their names are very similar. There's yeah. only a couple. Anyway, is that a conspiracy? I wonder. Same but, person. Um, you never seen us in the same room. Do you think? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Steven Spielberg doing a character. Yeah, imagine. It's me, Sydney Scheinberg. <laughs> That's why he keeps saying his name to remind like, himself. Uh, is that you, Steven? I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Sydney. It's like it's like Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> He's got two dinners. I, got, I, I gotta, gotta put my face in some cream right now. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> You can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
I gotta get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for my wedding. That has been stress <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively and that had been affecting me and that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry. But I did take the last biscuit. It, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. So he got, he got um, Zemeckis got on to Spielberg and said, um, Dude, what you, the can, hell? You, can you please do something about this? So apparently um, Spielberg uh, sent a memo over to Scheinberg and said something along the lines of, thanks so much for that. That is such a humorous memo. We really got a great laugh out of it. Cheers. Just like playing it like we assume you're joking. Like Spaceman from Pluto. Yeah, very funny joke, you know. And apparently that embarrassed him into dropping the the suggestion. He's never brought, he's like, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I'm a gag man. But they took three out of four of his suggestions, so. Yeah, 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 no, he definitely, they were definitely listening to it. Actually, no, they didn't about the dog, did they? No, they kept the dog. No, no, he, he. They did change it to a dog from, from a chimp. They had, from a they chimp. had it as a chimp. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it was yeah, going to be a chimp, That's not right. an orangutan, but a chimp. chimp. Another change that I don't think uh, Scheinberg was involved in was initially the time machine wasn't going to be a car. It was going to be like a stationary vault sort of thing made from refrigerator parts. It was basically going to be a refrigerator, and that was going to be the time machine. But mm. they and and it was going to be powered by an atomic bomb. Ooh. They had to go in 1955, they had to go to a, a bomb test site. But uh, Spielberg was worried that kids would trap themselves in refrigerators, sure. apparently. So that's why they changed it to a car. And the car was a lot more versatile as well, because yeah. it could also be used as a car. Mm, which is handy, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, which is, turns good, out to be pretty but handy. But what if you want a cool beverage? Oh, that's a good point. you got to drive to your fridge. Well, that's, that's doable. <clears throat> it's doable. I guess that is doable. <laughs> oh, God, that's so funny. Yeah, so he's probably he's probably my favourite thing about the whole story that I found is the more so now, but the Sydney Scheinberg. I didn't realise there was going to be so much juice in it, but um, I'm a big fan of the Scheinberg. Scheinberg, you did it again. You're a star, Scheinberg. That's has what he, he yells he, to himself yes, in the mirror of the morning. Has he produced like a lot of hit films? Like if we if we look if we look up Scheinberg, I will look up Scheinberg. We know he's alive, aged eighty or in his eighties, but like I would love it if he had produced some of the. Some films, or is this his big, his shining moment? I mean, this has got to be. Surely, this would be his big moment, right? But I th- Fe- feather in the cap. Let's see what's his career. He's been married to actress Lorraine Gary since 1956, so that's oh, where the Lorraine came Lorraine. from. Lorraine, I like Keish. I like that you went straight to Keish and not like it could be somebody else's name. No, like I'm his th- wife Keish. I, I, whenever I hear Lorraine, I instantly think, think of oh. I'd love a Keith Lorraine right about now. Fair enough. Oh, Scheinberg is also known for discovering Steven Spielberg. Oh. Yeah, because oh. they're the same person. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Oh, so maybe Spielberg's a character of Scheinberg. Yeah, I think that's it. Well, that makes sense to me. Nobody was taking Scheinberg seriously, so he invented this protege. 
Spielberg. Spielberg. What's his first name? Steven. <laughs> Steven. Steven. <laughs> his name's Steven. You're going to love him. <laughs> He's not me. What? Hmm? <laughs> i so got to go for five minutes, but Steven's <laughs> going to come right back through that door. I, I think he, he was in Clue. So he, he helped work on Jaws, E.T., Jurassic Park. So a oh, lot of I've, Spielberg's ones. I've, I've heard of them. Yeah, I know of um, them. And Schindler's List. Okay. And Back to the Future. Jeez, Back to the Future is right down the list on... Uh, on on, uh, on Wiki. Wiki. Um, do you want to talk about the cast at all? Do you know much about the cast? Um, oh, no. No, to be honest, we've got Michael J. Fox and... Christopher Lloyd. And Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, Christopher Lloyd's <laughs> so good. Yeah, big fan. So, obviously, you know, movies then... Usually, it's rare that you just starts with the first choice, and that's who it ends up being. Oh, so there were other other it, choices, and and it's always that thing of imagine if it was that role. Yeah, it would, yeah. Have, it would have sucked if it was you know. Totally. So I think I've I've read that um, I've read a bunch that Marty McFly was their first choice, but I've also read so he but he w- initially said he couldn't do it because of um, his J. TV commitments yeah. at Family well, Ties. Family Ties, and the yes. producers at Family Ties wouldn't release him. To shoot it um, until Scheinberg got in there, yeah. Yeah, apparently Ralph Macchio was offered the part. Ralph Macchio, Ralph Macchio, the Karate Kid. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Okay. I could have done wonders for his but later he, career. He yeah. no- he knocked it back. Oh, it would have been amazing. Knocked, he if knocked he, it back with a karate chop. <laughs> chopped it back. <laughs> he just chopped <laughs> the script in half. Hiya. And you know, like, man, you're really going to typecast yourself if you keep <laughs> demanding to do this in every meeting. Stop wearing your black belt. To Hollywood, he Come just on. walks down the street for them. <laughs> yeah, his manager would just be so pissed off. Come on, we really need to do well in this meeting. No, not no. today. Chop. <laughs> <laughs> and he does that. Uh, just a karate. What's that classic movie? Did the wax on wax crane? Oh okay. yeah, he waxes you on and off. Ooh. <laughs> oh, hello. That's like um, him saying yes or no to a script. Wax off. Wax <laughs> off. Wax on. This is oh, good. Oh, wax on. I'll go for this part. Don't say wax off to. Too much. But okay, so um, Fox knocked it back. He had to knock it back. So the f- the role was initially given to Eric Stoltz. Are you familiar with him at all? You Definitely might know him by know face. Name. He's been in films like Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I know he's Killing face. Zoe, Kicking Who and Screaming. Who does he play in Pulp Fiction? Uh, one of the one of them one of them dudes. Yeah. You know which dude? Don't know. That's John Travolta. <coughs> yeah, he, he plays John Travolta. Oh. You're thinking of Face Off. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking of Face Off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so he was given the role initially, but uh, and and they shot for four weeks. Oh, so they did oh. a whole month with him. Yeah, they did a whole Brutal. month with him um, before. I've read different things. I've had all of them say that the producers Spielberg uh, and also director Zemeckis saw him as being uh, unsuitable for the role. Great. Um, he brought great drama to it, but not the comedy. Oh, so and it that, is sort of a, a comedy film. Yeah, that's right. So, oh, okay, so Eric Stoltz played Lance, Vincent's drug dealer in Pulp Fiction. Oh, he's awesome. The guy that won't answer the phone eating the cereal. Yeah, that's right. I think that's right, yeah. I haven't seen that movie in a while. And he's got a, he's yeah. the one that injects. That movie's a trilogy in one. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> No, he's the one that gives the... You'll enjoy editing out that nice <laughs> <laughs> little pause there. I thought like Dave just died. <laughs> looked, his eyes glazed oh, over. Oh, no, because I, um, I said... Was that, he... that movie was three stories in one. 
Pulp Fiction was. I said yeah. it was a trilogy in one, and you That's just you like mean. looked no, at me. No, because I was thinking of, a stroke. No, I was imagining the character of Lance. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that as we're recording a podcast. You're just silently imagining something, you jerk. <laughs> just thinking this about. Guy. Just thinking about Uma Thurman being uh, injected <laughs> He's it again. Look at injected him. in the heart. Anyway, I love you, Uma. I love you, Uma. I thought you were going to die in that movie. Because you looked into the middle distance there, yeah, which is hard in such a small room. <laughs> <laughs> I was lost. I was lost. Um, so, yeah, he, he shot for four weeks. Apparently, there are a couple of like small glimpses of him in the final cut as well. Um, and I read, I read a bunch of different accounts of it. One of them was talking about how they'd made the decision but hadn't told him and kept shooting for a little while and just oh. didn't. They were well, like, and they were like, P- sorry, mate, like, there hasn't been filming this camera for three weeks. No, they were, they were filming. It was like, like, are we going to get the reverse angle? Um, like, oh, well, no, I we'll get that one later. We'll get that one later sort of thing. But they were, like, so they were getting all the shots of Doc. Oh, yeah. Why do you keep filming the back of my head? Don't worry about it, Eric. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Brutal. Oh, that's harsh. I've also read something saying that he agreed that he wasn't um, suitable for the role after filming, that he found the direction a bit um, confusing. So, I don't know. But, yeah, I my instinct says that it was more them than him. That's like a little bit of pressure once they do bring on Michael J. Fox. They're like, well, we, we've already filmed for a month with this other guy, and but he well, wasn't right, so you better like... Yeah, we're pretty prepared to fire people. Yeah, but also like... A little bit, but I also think they were like... They always kind of wanted Michael J. Fox, yeah. and I reckon part it feels like it's a bit of a coincidence that he became available. So it's sort of like I wonder if he still wasn't available if they would have fired him anyway. Yeah, I'm maybe. Not sure. yeah. I'm not sure, but um, the decision cost them three million bucks. They losing those that four weeks Ooh. of filming, and the budget at that stage was only meant to be fourteen million. So it was a huge wow, chunk of the budget. A quarter of your money has just gone on Eric Stoltz. Oof. Yeah, or and all the, I mean, he, yeah, yeah, yeah all the crew obviously and he's not being paid yeah, through, but but yeah. on that decision, um, oh so, um, Fox jumped on board, making a deal with his producer at Family Ties that he would still, if there was ever a, a conflict, Family Ties wins. So family, he he kept filming Family Ties Monday to Friday during the day, and then filming Back to the Future at night till about two thirty in the morning. Wow, having f- around five hours sleep, getting up and doing it again. So all the nighttime shoots were internal set shoots, and then weekends he would do the external exterior. Oh my back to goodness! Shoots. So it's just hectic. And there was a quote somewhere that said he um, he goes, "I always dreamed of working in the movie and television industries. I just never thought it would be at the exact same time." Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a witty guy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was probably much funnier when he said it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt. You just Matt have looked I at both of us like, and hold for applause, <laughs> hold for applause. I w- look, that, I did the Eric Stoltz reading of yeah, the I was about one. To say, let's, re- <laughs> <laughs> let's replace you with Michael Let's let, let's let uh, Dave do it. Dave, you do that line. Uh, I always dreamed of being in the television and film industry. Just never thought it would be at the same time. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> I'm Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Thank you. Do all your characters just say who they are a lot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just to reinforce it. It's yeah. an audio medium. <laughs> and I only have one voice. No, I've got two voices. The other one's Stoinberg. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm Sydney. I like Michael J. This Eric Stoltz. I don't get him. I don't get him. There, there was some collateral damage from the Stoltz sacking. Oh. His, um, the, uh, uh, Marty McFly's girlfriend in the movie was to be played at that stage by Melora Harden. 
Um, but she was seen as being too tall. Yes, that name is funny. Jess is laughing. <laughs> it is funny. Melora Hardon. But she was too tall for Michael J. She was too Michael J. Fox is about five four. And, oh, he's tiny. And so she was seen as being too tall to be his girlfriend. So she was <laughs> tall girls never date short guys. She was recast. Um, her part was recast. Imagine if she was recast as Eric Stoltz by Claudia Wells. <laughs> um, who then? Scheinberg's like, I'll play his girlfriend. Oh, really? I'm, I'm only five I'm seven. <laughs> I'm four foot eight. <laughs> I can wear heels, guys. <laughs> I can wear heels. Uh, so who's Claudia? I've got beautiful eyelashes. <laughs> Watch him go. <laughs> so Claudia Wells played um, Jennifer in, in the first movie, but wasn't able to play her in the sequels. So she was recast because she had um, personal reasons. I think it sounds like it was her, her mum was a bit crook. So um, Elizabeth Shue came in to play that role. Same character or just new girlfriend? Movie. No, exact same character. They even refilmed one of the scenes. So the end of the first movie is the same scene as the first of the second movie. They just reshot it, shot for shot, just with a new actress. Oh. Yeah. Which I never noticed as a kid either. But yeah. So that um so yeah, that was because of Stoltz missing out, it meant that um Harden but she's still a working actress. She's she's on some um big time T V shows that I've never heard of in America. To this very day. Look at her go. The hard on is still hard. Yeah, she's still she's still doing really well. Then other cast members. So you got um, Christopher Lloyd was cast as Doc Brown, um, and that was after John Lithgow was unavailable. Oh, he'd be good. Yeah, he would have yeah. been really good. Also, apparently, um, oh, was he old enough yet though? To look crazy. Well, the, the problem with it, I mean, the problem or the the tricky thing about it is that he, the Doc Brown character. Is multiple ages. He he's he has to play a thirty oh. year gap in age. So oh. he so if you're young, then you're gonna have to make yourself up to be look older or vice versa. So so it wouldn't have necessarily mattered. You probably want to be yeah. somewhere in between. I feel so like Doc just always looks old though. Yeah, he kind of does. In that he look, I guess he's meant to be in his thirties in the first one, in his sixties. No, sorry, his thirties in fifty five, and his sixties in eighty five. I guess. Yeah. But yeah, he's obviously. Pushing it for thirties in the first one. Mm. I don't think he. Or maybe it's forties and seventies. I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, I guess it would that could have worked. Um, and also, other people who were considered for the role include I'm blanking on his name, but he was like, everyone loves him. Uh huh. He was in Jurassic Park. Uh, he was in Portlandia recently. He was in. Uh, we'll see. This Are you is, talking about? Um, Come on, Dad. life just finds a way. Yeah, maybe. Who's that? Jeff Goldblum? Yep, that's him. So he he was up for the part as well. Um, he is the sexiest man. Anyway, yep. So, yeah, it ended up being Doc Brown. Doc Brown also is quite tall. He's six foot one. So in the movie, they had to use oh, trick photography. Christopher when, Lloyd is... Oh, sorry, Christopher Lloyd is... Is yeah, how tall? Six one. So okay. pretty tall, but compared to my, um, Michael J. Fox, he's really tall. Oh, wait, yeah. Tiny. So they had to use trick photography sort of things like depth perception sort of stuff or and also Doc Brown hunched a lot and that's why so he could be in the same shot as Marty <laughs> keep hunching more <laughs> more more he's like in a you, ball on the floor yeah <laughs> please hunch like, yeah they should have cast him in a wheelchair or something if they needed to maybe like a a um segue 
Mm. No, that makes you taller. That doesn't work at all. Sorry. <laughs> Michael J on a Segway. <laughs> Michael J on a Segway. <laughs> Can we get a, yeah, a box or... Yes. I think... Look, this is why we should be in production. Um, apparently, Christopher Lloyd took... Um, Took inspiration from Albert Einstein and the conductor Leopold Stokowski. For, oh yeah, for the pa- for the part he played. Oh right, <laughs> just, <laughs> just his life. life. <laughs> <laughs> They're just his idols, anyway. Which uh, which <laughs> conductor? Uh, I've never heard of him, Leopold Stokowski. Nice, famous nice. in the eighties, perhaps. What do you reckon Leopold Stokowski would sound like? Great, I, Scott. I've got two voices. One is my own. The other is. Super! <laughs> I can find another voice. No, I don't have one. Go low. You've gone high. Yeah, go, go really low. low. Hey, I'm a, I'm a conductor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm a You've conductor. You've now got a triptych of voices. Yeah, that's right. I'm a triple threat <laughs> of voices. One of them is my own. It's not bad. So, uh, Lorraine, uh, the Marty's mum, was played by Leah Thompson in, in part one, two, and three. Her main role was in part one. She, so she's playing uh, Marty's mum, but she's actually only three days older than Michael J. Fox. Ooh. Three days? But that's because, oh, again, because, because the in the yeah. 1955, she was playing her own age, basically. It's like, it's like me playing, playing your mum. young, even. It is, because you are two days older than I am. I do have a joke about looking like a mum from a nappy sand ad, but... <laughs> you I'm do not, look like that, ja- this that shirt and everything I about you was very... I often wear this when denim I tell on that white. joke. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. The white boat shoes. Yeah, you did are you, looking very mummy. suburban mummy. Did you notice that yourself, or did someone once tell you that? Um, like somebody said I I could play. I like I don't think I look my age. So they said I could be like twenty two or thirty two. You know, like you'd sort of be like, oh, she looks like old for twenty two or young for thirty two. Yes. That is the weirdest logic. To me, that just means you look like you're 20 spots. Yeah, hold on. You find the middle ground there, don't you? Yeah, I don't know. Look, you're definitely not 25 or 26. You are either either 115 (laughs) or Or you're a toddler. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I could play your mum based on that logic. There you go. And then, but I like that. Crispin Glover, who played Marty's... God, I love that name. I love the name Crispin. It's such a sweet name. Have you seen his... his, He's got a pretty famous... um, uh, interview on an early Letterman, and it's super awkward and a lot of fun. I still don't know if it's put on or not. But at one point, I think he he goes to fake kick him or punch him or something. Letterman and he just fake his punch. Face. No, Crispin. He goes, look, I can. Hey, I can. I've I've got value. I can look. I can kick. <laughs> and he's like <laughs> puts his foot up in his face or something like that. It's a vague memory. Very weird. Um, but yeah. So he he plays George McFly in the first movie. But he's three years younger than um, than Michael J. Fox. What? So it's interesting. Um, he, he his role, like he had quite a big role in the first film, but in the second and third ones, his role was going to be reduced, and he his pay was going to be a lot less than um, a couple of the other stars. So he, he held out for more money. He got a second opera, which was less than the first one. Oh, that is classic, brutal yeah. Sydney. That is, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's got Sydney all over it, doesn't, doesn't it? it? Okay, you want to wait? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. I spend your money at the track. <laughs> now I'm a millionaire, you're getting less. Every every time we just peel back another layer of who this Sydney guy oh, is. He's a gambling, a, a and, talented and a good gambler. gambler, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what, because there's a big big part of the um, storyline is about Biff 
earning his fortune at, um, as a gambler. Which Biff, was now we know. Biff was based on Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> Little part of him there. Um, so yeah, so um, he was he he didn't accept it. So he wasn't in the second and third films. Oh, so he just he held out so much. Yeah, he held out. Yeah. a guy called Jeffrey Wiseman um, came in instead. Uh, with prosthetics on his face to make him look more like Crispin Glover and some... Doing a Crispin Glover mask. And <laughs> also, but yeah, basically, they had says, a mold of I'm his Crispin face. Crispin Glover. They had a mold of his face from the first film because they had to age him in the first film, so they were able to do it pretty accurately. I didn't. I never knew until recently that it wasn't even him. They, but they, they do tricks like in the future, George McFly has done his back. Like in 2015, he's done his back, so he's in this weird upside down thing. So it's a bit harder to tell. So every scene you see him, um, he's he's never just like face at the camera. It's always like back of his head, wow. side on, upside down. Right. Do you still think if you use a mask of someone, do you have to pay? Do well, that because of this. Um, okay, so I'll just I'll just read this chunk off um, off online. So Crispin Glover sued the filmmakers as he had not granted permission to use his likeness in part two. His suit named John Doe, one to 100 as defendant, so he did not have to name all the individuals he was suing. And uh, this suit ended up being dropped because it was settled out of court uh, when he got a payment, which was much higher than about three times what his um, offer was to be in the second film, 765000 So we got... Three quarters of a million to not be in the yeah. film. Yeah. Wow. Well, they, I mean, wow. they basically used, they used him. Yeah. But without using him, um, and they, they decided that would be cheaper than going to trial. But because of this case, the Screen Actors Guild subsequently introduced new rules about illicit use of actors. So now you can't do stuff like that. Oh, oh you can't just use someone's. I can't put on, like a Robert De Niro mask. Yeah. And pretend to be. Robert De Niro. No, without, like, I imagine you could Which do it if I you were mucking be... about, but if you were being going, well, pretty much going. You've heard the... my accent range. Yeah. I, I could think, make a pretty I accurate. think you could do it. But they also use some footage <laughs> I'm, of. I'm Robert De Niro. I'm Robert De Niro. I'm, I'm, I, I, I used yes, to be in a lot of good films. I'm not saying words. anything. It's just yeah, but I'm doing the voice because it's on an audio podcast. I used to be in a lot of good films, and now I, I'm in a lot of shit old people movies. I'm Robert De Niro. Meet the it's focus. Not great. It's not great. He's in terror. Have you seen his acting choices? Yeah. No, he meet, doesn't, he meet doesn't the need to be in those. I don't know. Maybe he, he just wants to. Maybe he's having fun. He's just in all this. He's just having a good time. Fuck you, Dave. <laughs> Fuck you, Robert De Niro. What a waste of a talent. <laughs> here's, here's another interesting point, um, Is it Dave? about Robert De Niro? Because that's what I'm thinking about. No, unfortunately, it's, not. it's about uh, Leah Thompson, who played the rain, the mum. Oh, yes, I she's, do like Keish Lorraine. So she's in. You know, you know how I said that uh, Ma- uh, Michael J. Fox plays Seamus McFly, the Irish. Oh, yeah. He's he's married to a woman named Maggie. Okay. Good, but Maggie is playing. <laughs> Why was there such a big pause? There was a pause because I couldn't find the name. Maggie. <laughs> Ma- um, Ma- I thought, you, I thought you it was, find the I thought it was like a big, I was pausing for effect. No, I thought I it was going to be like a really, really, really funny name. Yeah. No, no, it was, no, nothing like Maggie, that. Maggie, um, funny. And, that, and Maggie McFly is uh, Marty's paternal great-great-grandmother, but she is played by Leah Thompson, who played his mum also, right, so not okay. on the same, not on the right side of the family. So again, it's like it's got uh, Michael J. Fox, um, oh. In a relationship, basically with his, the person who's playing his mum, which is different. But they said because it makes no sense that 
she would have any resemblance yeah. because she's from a different the side, side of the planet. Yeah, but they um, Zemeckis said that he imagines that McFly men are simply genetically predispo- oh. predisposed to be attracted to women that look like her. Okay, that's oh, that's, nah, that's yeah. weird. That's very undisney. That's very weird. Yeah, no wonder. <laughs> um, my f- I reckon my favorite um, actor in the movie is Thomas F. Wilson. You know him? He's the one who just plays the bad guy Biff and Griff, and Mad Dog Buford Tanner. He he is he does stand up and um, he's a very funny song on YouTube where he talks about all the. Qu- he's still just bugged with questions about this movie and he's sick of it. So he just got this song where he sings all the answers. He's like. Uh, Michael J. Fox, yeah, he's, he's a nice guy. Um, the hoverboards, yeah, we it was just we were on strings. Uh, it's a much more tuneful than that, but hopefully, <laughs> I like yeah, it. Yeah, we were on strings. Michael J. Fox, but he's guy. great. I reckon his range is so good. He's <laughs> like the manure. Everyone always asks if it was real manure because he eats manure oh. in every movie, and he's like, no, it wasn't. It's a movie. Yeah, <laughs> that didn't make me eat shit. Uh, but the characters, the Tannen characters were named after a universal executive, Ned Tannen, who was particularly um, douchey to them in an early meeting for an earlier movie. Oh. So they're like, yeah, we're going to name the bad guy after him. Oh, which I, to me is like, oh, that's sweet. Immortalize me. That'll show me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Thank you. Um, who else is in there? Oh, James Tolkien was Mr. Strickland. This is such a dumb podcast. Now I'm going to read a list of actors. Uh, he he played so he was the teacher, you know the one who's like, "You're a slacker, McFly," and he was said this. It was the same to George as he was to Marty ah, in the yes. different eras, but also his grandfather, um, Marshall James Strickland, uh, was also played by Tolkien in the third part. He was the you know the sheriff in town, ah. and he also talked about discipline. And he was teaching his son. He's like, "See, you got to show him discipline, kid," and they're sort of showing that that's how it was passed. Cool. Is the whole film one scene and then callbacks? It totally is. It is. In just every, the same thing, just in three different settings. In every movie, <laughs> um, in every movie, my uh, Scheinberg's like, make it the same. Yeah. Yeah. I I like, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I like the first. I like the first movie. Make two more of that. <laughs> two more westerns. Westerns are coming back. <laughs> make it a western. Yeah, apparently Michael J. Fox had said he's like, oh, it'd be really fun to be in a western. And apparently, in part, that was the reason why they did that. But also, um, in every movie, Marty wakes up thinking he's just had a bad dream about time travel. And in every movie in different, in the Wild West, in Bizarro 1985, in 1955, in each of those movies, it's um, his mum or the actress playing his mum, Thompson, saying, oh, Marty, you know, you're here and it's okay, you're still here in 1955. <laughs> 1955? <laughs> and then that's how he realised. You're still here in the Wild West. They didn't call it. My mum's literally never woken me up and told me the date. Yeah. (laughs) Don't worry, Marty. Good morning, Jess. It's 2015. (laughs) 2015? (laughs) I'm off to work. Bye. Yeah, I can't remember how she did it because in the Bizarro one, it was the year that he was expecting. It was just like in this warped version of it. Ah. Don't worry, Marty. You're just in... 1985, where your dad is now Biff Tannen for some reason. <laughs> she explains the, the whole plot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I have fake breasts, because that's what he... Anyway. What? Um, the Yeah, so that's enough about the characters. They're pretty much all the main characters. There, there were like sweet cameos, like uh, Huey Lewis played uh, the judge at, at the start of the first one, where Marty oh. was trialling out his band, and, and Huey Lewis goes... You know Huey Lewis? Of yeah, Huey from... Lewis. 
and the news. And the news. Who are still touring. I looked them up yesterday for some reason. Yeah, right. Well, they, they wrote the themes to the first movie. Oh. Power of Love. Oh, that's uh, cool. was written for the movie. It was nominated for an Oscar. Wow. Um, and, yeah, Huey Lewis played this sort of nerdy comb-over judge, and he, and he goes, Stop, st- sorry, you're just too darn loud. And that's why, that's how he, even though they were playing a song he wrote. Oh, right. Yeah. So that's a bit of a, bit of a, a bit of a nod and a wink, hey? Pretty funny. Um, it was a huge, the first one in particular, massive success. It had a, ended up being about a $19 million budget, so it blew out a little bit from the early stage, but that was partially because of the soul thing. But it made around $390 million. Whoa! Oh, shit. Like 20 times. The whole trilogy cost about $100 million, so the, the sequels obviously cost a bit more, they put a bit more cash in on, but they made... Uh, up over nine hundred million, so it was wow, sweet profits. Very nice. Um, you're an Oscar fan, Dave. Are you familiar with yes. their performance at the Oscars? No, please. They were Do nominated for five over the over the trilogy. Wow, only winning one, and that was for the first movie's uh, editing, sound effects editing, sound of sound effects editing. Yeah, which is a, so <laughs> super specific. They, Very those specific. people get about five seconds before they're played off for their speech. Hello, I'd like to thank Get Off. <laughs> no one cares who you are. <laughs> yeah, that, theirs happened in the ad breaks for sure. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So that's wow. That's most of it. I got some. I got a bunch of interesting facts. I've probably told you a few already. Do we have time for some of them? I think we should get some time to yeah, wrap up on. with some sweet facts about back. I love to, to finish with some fun facts. I love to finish with fun facts to the future. Stop it. Oh, no, I get pretty it. Pretty good yeah, fun fact to the facts. future. Yeah, I get it. Okay. What was the other one I said earlier that was worth interrupting Matt for? Oh, big trouble. Big trouble. Yes, was that, was, that was game. great. Yeah. That will be edited out. <laughs> no, it's so good. <laughs> no, no, no. I know. Do you know what, though? It was just his <laughs> face, like how happy he looked with it that made it so great for me. Pretty good, everyone. You know, my the the best, I much more enjoy the not doing the report part of this podcast, yeah. which I think is good that it's two-thirds of it is. Yeah. That's right. Two out of three times we're here, you have a good time. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the ones that I do always feel shit and they always... I really enjoy... I feel like I don't need to see the movie now, which is good. Yeah, I've just... How can you take the fun out of a really fun thing? That's what we should call my episodes of the podcast. You know, the fun things like Burke and Wills. Yeah, Burke and Wills and (laughs) AFL. The creation of the AFL football. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Well, this maybe isn't a super fun fact, but I found this kind of cool. They did okay, a bu- mediocre fun fact. <laughs> they did a, b- a bunch of these kind of things. So uh, Doc was kind of like early on in the at the very start. George McFly was a loser. Like in the original 1985, George was a loser. Marty went back. He and when he came back to 1985, his dad was a, a success. He was a, a great author and stuff like that. Um, and this this is in part because of Marty, right? So Doc was a bit of a father figure to Marty. And he would he he would encourage him to you know have a go basically. He, he used to say, "If you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything." To Marty, Marty went back and said that to his dad when his dad was young. And then they came back to New Nine Eighty Five where his dad was a success. And George McFly said to Marty, "Hey, if you put your mind to it, you can achieve anything. So it's or you can accomplish anything, which is kind of fun. That's I like nice. I like those little things." But yeah, there's just heaps of that, and they're just you're right about the scenes just repeating themselves. Just, it yeah. sounds like one the dialogue scene for, and the scenes are just all one like, scene over three movies for six hours. Yeah. 
Um, did you? This one apparently is a pretty famous one, so you may already know it. When he gets back into when when he first gets to 1955, he runs over a pine tree in the DeLorean. So he where he left was the car park of Twin Pines Mall, and when he gets back to 1985, it's called Lone Pine Mall. Uh, yeah, that's kind of fun, right? Oh, Very that's good. funny. Yeah. yeah, would have been better if Scheinberg told us that fact, but Scheinberg. <laughs> I'm still here, guys. <laughs> uh, Fox played the guitar through the movie, but he—that was all miming. He was—he was taught by a guy called Paul Hansen to believably, believably simulate it. That's not a fun fact. See, That's fa- just a fact. The father of the band Hansen. <laughs> I feel like this is a fun fact. That would have been cool if it was true. Yeah. Wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, and that is true. Probably. <laughs> How many Hansons can there be? Yeah. What are the odds of than Pauline Hansen's cousin? Um, <laughs> Elijah Wood made his movie debut in Back to the Future 2 as a kid playing a video game in Cafe 80s. Oh, cool. That cafe is in each um, timeline as well. In one timeline, it's a gym. In one, it's a cafe. And then in the, thir- in the future, it is a cafe, but there's some exercise bikes in there for some reason. Oh. The cafes of the future. Yeah. Combine the drink- two. <laughs> I got we it. had a gym. We had a cafe. I tell you what we do. We put a gym in a cafe. Hey, I'm going to do that in real life. I'm going to get Raven Butcher. Um, Scheinberg. Scheinberg. <laughs> Did you, you guys know that the series was kind of continued in cartoon form for a couple of no, in the years, in the early 90s. I didn't With know that Michael either. J voicing or? No, they for the most part it was different voice actors. Oh, got Scheinberg to do every character. <laughs> not, not all of them. Some like, I think uh, Biff. Was still voiced by the same guy, but um, in the cartoon, Doc Brown was voiced by a guy you might be familiar with. Oh, you're looking Dan at Dan Castellaneta. Aha, uh-huh, from oh. the old Simpsons. Mm. You can probably pronounce that more correctly. Castellaneta. I'm fairly sure it's yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah, so that's Homer. That's cool. So that would have been Simpsons was already just going then. Yeah, Sim- Simpsons is 1989. Um, oh, the, the early drafts, <laughs> early drafts of the sequel had them going back to the 60s, um, where George McFly was going to be a college professor and his mum uh, Lorraine uh, was going to be a quiche, <laughs> <laughs> was going to be a flower child. Um, Scheinberg's like, I tell you what you do. <laughs> I got it. I got the idea. What do you want? Maybe she could have be a quiche. <laughs> I'm just riffing here. Just, just riffing. Just a giant talking quiche. You, th- you know the whole um, the whole fridge thing. Yeah. Um, Spielberg he sort of poo pooed it because he was worried about the kids. He ended up using it in the fourth um, Indiana Jones. Oh. Indiana Jones survives a bomb blast. A nuclear oh, bomb blast inside a fridge. fridge. Yeah. That's right. That's where he got that inspiration from. Spielberg's not a fan of Episode Two, the one that comes to 2015. He says. There's a quote saying, he says, Episode 2 is that little dip in a trilogy that we all go through, like Temple of Doom. Wow. Which I don't know about that. That's, That's not... Indiana Jones. Yeah, right, great. The second one. Yeah, Which cool. is definitely not as good as the other, oh, first right. and third. I, I reckon the second one, I probably prefer the Back to the Futures in the order they came out, first, second, and third. So, getting not as good... Yeah, that's what I... I get progressively worse. But I like them all, but I, the first one's probably my favourite. What else? Oh, the shirt that Doc wears through the majority of the second film has like this print on it, which is uh, little cowboys riding horses and a train. So it's just like, oh. it's foreshadowing how the second, uh, the third movie Very good. Goes, so many in Which jokes. is fun. Yeah. So many. Because in the, the end of the last one, he ends up turning a train into a time machine. 
So that's sort of foreshadowing the, the conclusion of the whole uh, trilogy. Mm. Are these are any of these things fun? You know, in Ma- mm. uh, in nineteen fifty five is that's where Marty f- has to go back to the Wild West to save Doc Brown's life. He um, younger Doc Brown in nineteen fifty five dresses him up in what he thinks is um, Wild West clothes, but it's like you know campy. Um, yeah. Western movie clothes, and it, on the clothes he has the symbols embroidered of the uh, atomic blasts. Oh, yeah, so you can sort of see that, or atomic energy, anyway. So just little little things like that. Which cool. Is, they they seem to enjoy little fun things like that. I found this one. There's just a couple more here. The first thing you see when they go back to 1955 for the first time is a scarecrow, and some people have a theory that it's a little reference to the Wizard of Oz because when they travel into a different reality in Wizard of Oz, the first thing that Dorothy meets is a scarecrow. It feels like maybe a long bow, but... Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Long uh, bow. <laughs> and also, are you guys familiar with Sherman and Mr. Peabody? From oh, yes, the mm-hmm. cartoon, cartoon time travelling. Yeah, so the, the farmer and his son are n- in the movie are named Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Wow. You don't, they don't actually even say it. That's just in the credits they're listed as that. So oh, that's right. a real super nerdy kind of reference. That's cool. And then the last one, which is kind of my, I, I find it fun. It's so dumb, but it's really fun. Is when um, Marty's playing. He has to fill in to play some music at his parents' um, high school ball, the undersea enchantment ball, or whatever it's called. And he plays a song. He's like, "Here's an old one," or or something like that. It's, or it's old where I come from, at least. And he plays a Chuck Berry song, and he rocks out. And the the guy he's replaced on stage because he's hurt his hand is a guy called Marvin Berry. Uh. And he makes a phone call. He goes. Hey, Chuck, it's your cousin Marvin. <laughs> you know that new sound you've been searching for? Listen to this. And he throws the phone <laughs> over. It. And, and yeah, it's so dumb. But, yeah, that's that's a pretty fun thing. So Marvin Berry. Chuck, Chuck Berry stole it. <laughs> this, yeah, that's, a, that's what they're suggesting. Oh. From Michael J. Fox, who had learnt the song from... Yeah. And they probably had to pay a lot of money to Chuck Berry's yeah. estate yeah. or his yeah, true. Royalties. royalties to his for the use of his wow. song. Anyway, so yeah, that, but I mean, I don't think I would have told you anything that a genuine Back to the Future nerd doesn't already know. But because it's just one of those trilogies, I think a lot of them do. But it's built for nerds. It's just jam packed with little Easter eggs. Mm. And, um, I like that though. It's cool. And I just thought, how can I? How can I go through all this interesting stuff? but suck any interest out of it. I think it would have been... And you did it again. <laughs> I think it would have been much more of a success if it had been called Spaceman from Pluto. Yeah. Yep. And I'm sticking by the Schoenberg. Yeah, I think Schoenberg... <laughs> if he's on Twitter, we gotta, we got oh, we to find tweet him. Sydney... Spaceman from Pluto, we're on board. Yeah. We back you 100%. Yeah. Well, maybe we could call the episode that. Yeah. No, no, we would get zero downloads oh, then because yeah, no one would get the joke except for super nerds that already know the stuff. Or yeah. that, or they listen to it and they go, oh. But like who would, yeah, okay, no, don't do that. Hey, you know um, that it's sweet that you think people are going to listen to this. I guess that's, is that why we're doing yeah, it? That's not, yeah, that's not. I thought it was just a reason to hang out. Well, uh, if you did listen to this, you can uh, now find us on Twitter at DoGoOnPod. Looks like DoGoonPod do written down. You can also Goodness. email us if you'd like us to talk about your favourite thing or something you want to know about, uh, which is do go on pod, or one word, at gmail.com. Drop us a line, drop us a tweet, let Matt know that you enjoyed his backing to the future. But that you enjoyed our impression of Sydney Scheinberg more. Scheinberg! Scheinberg. Oh, and tweet Scheinberg. 
Yeah, cool. Let's wrap this bad boy up, Davo. Well, thank you very much, Matt, for going on. Like I say, you can contact us via the tweets and the internet. Jess, you're going to be back with your report next episode. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. The life and times of Sydney Chamberg. Sydney Chamberg. We're gonna we're gonna really learn a lot about him. Cool. Well. Okay. Great. Well, we'll end it there. Thank you so much, everyone. Uh, Later. <laughs> Bye. I love Sydney. I love him so much. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.